Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have the outstanding Kevin Perot. He's the founder and principal at Transcendent IT Health, a boutique healthcare strategy and management consulting firm focused on helping payers, providers, and consumers get maximum value from digital health technologies. A native from Vermont, Perot attended University of Portland, Oregon, and later moved to the San Francisco Bay Area, where he currently resides with his wife, Beth. Perot's recent book, The Digital Health Revolution, is becoming a healthcare cultural zeitgeist. It's a pop cultural look at how our smartphones are changing the way we manage our health. Plug in and get connected. Today we have Kevin, and uh, it's true. It's a true privilege to have him on the podcast. Welcome. Hi, Saul. Thank you for having me. It's a true privilege. Kevin, you have done a lot of interesting work in our space. Before we dive into the details of, of your work and, and your, your, your thoughts and, and vision, I'd like to hear how you got into the medical sector. Sure. I actually came from the tech sector, which had a strong intersect with healthcare around 2010. And uh, what really motivated me to shift focus from strategy and, and management consulting in the tech sector to healthcare were a couple of different things. One is you know, I, it was probably my destiny. Everyone in our family is in a leadership capacity in the, the healthcare industry from my brother-in-law, who was the chief scientist at Lilly, to my wife, who was president of Aetna and currently SVP at, at Anthem. But um, for me, it was simple. I just wanted to make a difference. I mean, I had been looking at healthcare's problems from the outside looking in and re realizing that a lot of it was behavioral. And I think with behavioral issues, you have an opportunity to make some, some changes um, and some process and performance improvements. And um, that's what motivated me to get into healthcare. I saw the opportunity to make some big improvements and, and it was just too big a challenge and too juicy a challenge to ignore. Love it. I'm a firm believer that you're the average of your five closest peers. <laughs> <laughs> I've never have heard that, but that's that's a keeper. I got to remember that, Saul. <laughs> and so you you know you, you've been influenced. You're in healthcare, and now you just right off the bat, I mean, you, you you get started with a bang. You write a book. So tell us about the book, your thoughts on it, and uh, and what health leaders need to be thinking about today as as a hot topic. Sure. I mean, the book is called the Digital Health Revolution, and. I always like to tell people up front, I've described it as a bit of a pop culture book because it's not about the industry for the industry. It's not a deep dive into how do you define a process for, it's really a, a book for your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, your friends. And it's a glimpse into who are the innovators and how can we connect to what they're doing and why should we even care and what would we need to be able to connect. And more often than not, it's what you already have in your pocket. It's your smartphone. So it's kind of what motivated me to write the book. I wanted to better connect the innovators and those who are making a real big change in healthcare with the people who could benefit from it the most, but were completely unaware and oblivious to, that, to this level of innovation that was going on in the background. So you interviewed 30 people. We did. So dive into kind of the, the who these folks are and and why the listeners got to pick up your book. 
Sure. We, um, we actually intentionally tried to spin healthcare's value chain. And as you've seen some, from some of the recent mergers and acquisitions just in the last six to nine months, that value chain is being extended and the lines are kind of blurring. So we tried to get to the top people in the insurance sector. Mm-hmm. We tried to get to some of the top people on the provider side from Mayo to One Medical to Harvard Medical and Joslin. And of course, we tried to capture and share insight of the innovators who are really driving the, the disruption and solving real-world healthcare problems and, and delivering real value. So um, from Andy Slavitt to Oran Affek and Beth Anderson and John Brooks, Abner Mason and, and, and Sean Duffy, what we tried to do was just get them on the phone like what you're doing right now, Saul, and mm-hmm. ask them some tough questions and get out of their way capture and share that with the people who could benefit from it the most. Love it. Love that you did that and love that you put it in together in such a concise way. So as we look to address some of the some of the bigger issues in, in, in healthcare, give us an example of how you and your your team are are creating results by doing and thinking differently. Boy, that's a, a another good question and it's a big question. I think the people who are making a uh, the biggest difference are the people that we sought out and interviewed for the digital health revolution. Mm-hmm. I look at guys like Abner Mason and, and Andy Slavitt and, and others, and I, I take a look at their contribution and just their, their fearlessness in tackling problems and challenges that others shy away from just because it's not low-hanging fruit. And what I tried to do was basically capture and share their insight and not just not just mine. I'm just one guy with an opinion. And of course, I shared that in the book. You know, I think we have some real challenges in healthcare from addressing healthcare disparities to, you know, I, I think providing better access and better quality. What better way to illustrate the progress that we've been making than to go to the most successful people in each of those spaces and to hear from them their perspective on what's wrong with healthcare and what can we do to fix it? Love it. And you know what? And I think it's great to capture the, the thoughts of these folks all under one book. So sh- share with us a time when things didn't work out and what you did to, to make it work and how you became better because of it. <laughs> well, um, does it have to be healthcare, right? Because um, I, I, yes. I've reached a, I, I'm in the twilight of my career at this point. And so there've been many failures. I probably could reach back and, <laughs> and pick any, but wow, I, I, I can think of one that's just, it's, it strikes out. It still stands out. Um, mm-hmm. When I was at Cambridge Technology Partners, at one time, we were the bellwether stock for systems integration and consulting firms. And, you know, we we were absolutely the Midas touch. Everything we we were uh, laying our fingers on, we're turning into gold, and and we thought everything was uh, was going real well for us. So we started a venture fund, and I remember yeah. one of the the original ideas I submitted to our venture fund because I wanted to be a driver in the the company was is that we create a web page for everyone, and this was right when the dot com boom was first taking off and there was a website from everything from pet.pets.com to pants.com to to you name it and i had this crazy idea that the web should be for everyone and that you should be able to post pictures you should be able to share recipes you should be able to connect with your family and boy that idea was laughed at scorned mocked ridiculed and it never went anywhere so you know spin the happy clock forward later 
and you have Facebook, you yeah. have social media for everything. So I think the lesson I learned was innovation makes people squeamish. And it's not always something that's obvious to the average person that when business models change, that it's for the benefit of everyone. So I, I think my lesson learned there was listen, but be persistent, right? I mean, if you think you have a good idea, it probably is a good idea. And listen to your instincts. I mean, listen to the people who are providing criticism and feedback and don't discount that because they're there to help make your idea stronger, but be persistent and don't be afraid of moving it forward. I mean, I look at Zuckerberg and I mean, who can say he was anything less than a raging success, but he was a college student and I wasn't. I was a guy with access to money and I was living right down the street from him and look at what he did. So kudos to the innovators out there. Be persistent, get your vision, get clarity around your vision and then just go execute. Love it. It's a great message, Kevin. And, uh, and definitely one that many of us need to take note of, especially in healthcare where things could be a little slower than uh, the rest of the uh, sectors we, we work in, whether it be technology or, or, or you know, just industry. What would you say one of your proudest uh, leadership moments has been to date? Well, um, I think uh, I, I'm going to keep this one uh, current. I, I'd say the success of the book is something that I'm really proud of. And it's, I'm proud of it for a lot of reasons. One is, you know, I'm in my 60s and I wrote my first book ever. Um, it's not like it was a bucket list. It's not man, like I was awesome. in my 20s and thought, I, you know, one day I'll write a book. I just felt like there was a story in there that needed to be told and was literally bursting out of me. And I, I take a look at, you know, the challenges associated with writing a book, bringing it to market, and then selling your product. Um, and I, it was a learning experience. I've traveled my entire career. And to be able to do something oh, where you I didn't travel and everyone came to me virtually like this was different and it was fun. But the success in terms of measuring the sales has just been astounding. So we've sold 10,000 books in the first 60 days. Anyone who's ever published a book Rats. has been told, if you sell 100 books, you were a raging success. <laughs> well, we are at 10,000 and, and we're just scratching the surface. That's so great. I really do think that there is a there in a destination in digital health. And that destination is the consumer. And the consumer is demonstrating again and again and again. They're curious. They're willing to be held accountable. They're willing to be held responsible. And they are absolutely hungry for the kind of tools um, that they need to be able to get and stay healthy. That's a great message, Kevin. And and congratulations on, on the early success of your book. I mean, that's, uh, that's awesome. Thank you, Saul. I'd like to think it's reflective of the people I interviewed and the contributors as much as, you know, my own thought leadership and, and input into it. So what, what would you say is an exciting project you're focused on today? Well, we're doing some stuff in the uh, merger and acquisition. Um, and the frustrating thing there is we really can't talk about the, yeah. the work that's in progress. But um, I think it is safe to say that the M&A activity has changed. The focus of, of acquisitions has changed over the course of the last 24 to 36 months. And I do think that we're starting to see a point in digital health where the investment boom can't go on forever. I do think that there is going to be some consolidation and Transcended Health is poised pretty well to help payers, providers, and innovators you know, pick up assets that help them broaden their portfolio of solutions. Whether you're building a platform or going to market with a marketplace strategy or you comprise someone's marketplace, 
we are a group of associates that are former CEOs and we have great insight into how to make all that work and work better and more efficiently and get to market faster and scale faster. That's great, Kevin. And uh, yeah, it's, I mean, there's never been a better time to be in healthcare than now. And it's just being able to siphon through all of these things that are out there, right? I mean, not everything that you can acquire is a good thing for you. And so the work that Kevin and his team are, are up to can help you really identify the diamonds from the duds. And so um, next is the lightning round. Are you ready for it? Yeah, sure. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? I think that one's easy. Focus on results. Um, you have three big challenges in healthcare. You need to make it more affordable. We need to improve access to care. And we need to improve the quality of, uh, of our care. And so I think if you focus on results, I think that's probably going to be the most sensible thing that whether you're, you're an innovator, you're a payer or a provider, I think focusing on results is the, is the key. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? I think I'm going to dovetail onto uh, the previous answer um, and say that I think the smartest thing you can do is to try to make a difference. And I think the pitfalls uh, and the mistakes to avoid, that's different, I guess, than trying to make money. If you solve a real world healthcare problem, you will make money and you know you will be profitable and you'll, you'll, you'll get your rewards. But I think what motivates a lot of the people that are attracted to this from the digital health perspective is to make a difference. And I think that if that's in your heart, what's driving you to start a company in the digital health space, you will be successful. And if you are just starting a company because you want to make money, and this seems to be where all the money's flowing, you probably won't be successful. Great call out. And how do you stay relevant uh, as an organization despite constant change? Well, uh, you can't be an expert in everything. So what I do is I constantly read. I'm a voracious reader. Um, mm. I always tell people, always be curious, right? If you have an open mind and you're willing to listen and be open-minded about new ideas presented to you, healthcare is a great place to be. I mean, you can make a huge difference. I think the industry is ripe, it's ready, and you're seeing a, a confluence of regulation, consumer curiosity, and investment and technology all converge for the benefit of, uh, of consumers. And that's a real exciting time. And it's a real exciting place to be. And it's hard to stay on top of everything. So I just have a, a bunch of sites that I, I track and thought leaders that I track in this space from Rock Health to others uh, that are a great constant source of information to keep you current. What's one area of focus that drives everything in your work? I would have to say value creation, uh, value creation and, and building a sense of community. Because I think at the end of the day, we are all one big community and how well we interact with one another and whether or not we feel a sense of community is makes all the difference in the world. Love it. These next two are more on a personal note, Kevin, for the listeners to get to know you better. What's your number one health habit? My number one health habit is, boy, I, I, I'm a stretcher, right? I, yeah. I'm, a big, uh, I'm a big yoga, yoga. guy. Um, I, I also walk between five and eight miles a day. I try to do a little bit every day. Yeah. And I try to be true to my routines, and I, I'm faithful to them. I try to eat healthy, and that means whole foods that are not processed. And it's amazing how focusing on nutrition and physical activity while reducing your alcohol intake, how the three of those things can converge to produce lower BMI, blood pressure. I mean, it's just the benefits to your health are amazing. 
It's a great call out. And how about your number one success habit? I'm not sure what you mean by that. You mean professionally or? or yeah, professionally. You know, professionally, I'm, I'm old school. I really think that it's important to tell people what you're going to do. Yeah. Be crisp and clear with your communication and then follow through and do what you said you were going to do. I think that's how you build and sustain credibility. And so from my own personal perspective, whether I was building an organization or starting an initiative, I was trying to surround myself with people that I thought were smarter than me mm-hmm. and then recognize when I should get the heck out of their way <laughs> when they're struggling and when I can come in and, and provide some assistance and then just try to listen and be sensitive to the needs of the organizational, to the people that I'm hiring and bringing on board and, and um, what they need to feel fulfilled, appreciated, valued, and uh, how to help them make as big a contribution as they feel like they can make. Love that. Yeah, it's uh, definitely key. So aside from the Digital Health Revolution book, what book would you recommend to the listeners? Oh, well, you know, there is one guy that I can't get enough of. I love reading Dr. Eric Topol, and he has three books now. I'm working on my second one, but he has The Patient Will See You Now, which was the one that got me hooked. He had The Creative Deconstruction of Medicine, which is the one that I started with. And his last one is fascinating. It's, it's deep medicine, and it's a deep dive into how AI is changing healthcare, and I think helping in obvious and not so obvious ways on the provider side, on the payer side, and on the consumer side. So I, I love Topol. Um, I saw him at Hims a few years back, and I absolutely love seeing him at conference, and I, I love reading his books. Great recommendation, Kevin. Folks, for a full transcript of today's interview with Kevin Perot, go to outcomesrocket.health. In the search bar, type in Digital Health Revolution, and you'll find all of the show notes there, full transcript, and links to Kevin's book. Kevin, leave us with the closing thought and the best place for the listeners to get in touch with you. You know, I think uh, the one thing I would encourage every everyone, you know, we can't solve healthcare with an ACA or an ACO alone. It really requires our participation. And by our participation, I mean each and every one of us. I think we all have a part to play, right? Um, if we focus on nutrition, if we focus on eating better, if we focus on physical activity and exercising more a little bit every day, I think we all do our part. And as to how to stay in touch, we actually blog about that. Um, I have a digital health guy blog that I do. It's at capital D digital and then HLTH underscore guy. My email address is kpro at transcendent.health. Um, those are the two best ways to stay in touch with us. And our website is https forward forward slash transcendent.health. And we post blogs. 30 of the blogs are scheduled to go out um, of the uh, contributors for the book, as well as my own. And we're starting to do podcasts as well. That is outstanding, Kevin. And uh, in the show notes, we'll link up all the resources to the content you're providing because it's outstanding work so that the listeners could definitely continue the conversation with you after this interview is over. So I just want to say a big thanks and uh, appreciate you spending time with us. Oh, my pleasure, uh, Saul. Thanks very much. I'm looking forward to seeing this up on your website. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.